from Relevant Magazine. It's the Relevant Podcast. It's the week of Friday, August 9th, 2013, and this is The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and this week's episode is brought to you by my favorite glasses company in the world. Hey. Warby Parker. I'm about to order from them. Are you really? I, did, I am. I'm going to order from them this week. Use the discount code RELEVANT, and <laughs> okay. you'll get free shipping. It's true. Well, that's nice of them. What a yeah. deal. So uh, That wasn't even staged for this podcast. <laughs> my glasses are woefully underprescribed, and uh, I am basically blind all the time, and I need new glasses. I'm wearing you my... Are, you are a driving hazard, is what you're <laughs> I, I am driving by Braille at this point. I, listen, I'm wearing my Warby's, my most recent pair. I have many pairs of Warby's and other glasses, but what here, here's what I realized. Remember I mentioned I had a three-week headache? Yeah. There was a lot of yes. speculation what was going on with that. Yeah. Here's what it turned out to be. I was wearing old glasses. I wasn't wearing my Warbies. And so it was an old prescription. My eyes were strained. I got a three-week headache. Took them off. Put on my Warbies. Instantly healed. So Warby has the power Warby to cure all of your ailments. going to the doctor yeah. and getting a current prescription. Okay. Yeah. But... Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I am so, wearing Warby Parkers, and I just want to get the same exact things, but with better prescription. And I think I might get sunglasses, too. See, they I thought about, I, I have, I'm, I've actually have perfect vision. Like, a lot of my physical oh. traits are nearly perfect, but I thought about getting some sunglasses <laughs> Jesse's so funny. Jesse has perfect vision. <laughs> if if you're wondering what we're Jesse. talking about, Warby Parker is an awesome way to buy prescription glasses and sunglasses online. Really cool style and an entire pair, including the prescription lenses. Only costs ninety five dollars. Um, Warby has a home try on program where you pick out five frames, which are shipped to you for free. You try them on, see which ones look good on your face, because everybody's face is different. Yeah. This f- is really why I like Warby Parker because I do not look good in a lot of glasses. I have right. a very specific frame right. that needs to work. Yeah. The try home, try on at home thing was great for me. And yeah. they have the little like face thing on their website where mm-hmm. you kind of yeah. like say, mm-hmm. okay, you can hone it in to right. your your head shape. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's helpful. I wish you could import them into a Google Hangout. Like they have like eye patches and funny pirate hats and stuff. <laughs> That's, That's, I, this is a free idea for, for their marketing uh, grassroots go, go viral. Are you well, pit- they have a partnership with Google because Google Glass, they are doing uh, prescription Warby Parker glasses with the Google Glass stuff built into it. Neat. Google has partnered with Warby. Yeah. Yeah. See, see, would that be cool though? Instead of like comical facial hair, you're like, dude, you actually look pretty sweet over there because you got cool sunglasses on yeah. in your Google Hangout. Man, that's a free idea I'm throwing out if there. A, if a Rick Warby Parker is listening to this right now, he should come on the show and bring Google glasses. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I, I think s- those are coming out next year. I think the, so. The Warby Google glasses, which I will own. Oh, absolutely. You're not gonna. Are you gonna feel weird about wearing Google glasses of any type? Well, though? no, because it'll be like cool Warby frames, so it'll like oh, look yeah. like normal nobody glasses. Will, nobody will have are you any gonna clue. Tell people you're wearing Google glasses or just no I will just scan them like the Terminator <laughs> and get all their vitals I will know I will I'll heat check a room when I walk into it I'll be able You'll to know if the, 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 the perp is armed exactly and I will know how many feet to my destination I'll know when yeah. I should turn left and right hey I just want to say you haven't introduced us yet but I've yeah. got uh, I've been listening to the podcast I've been quite aware that like Jesse has a cool thing like Jesse what do you say Hello, hello. Yeah, that's his cool thing, right? Yeah. I think I've got one. Okay. So when you do it in a <laughs> moment, 
I think I've got one, and <laughs> I just want to test it out. Anticipation. And then we're going to just building. try it out. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you get your home try on. You try on the frames. You send them all back, and then you can order right online. Uh, the the best part is when you order a pair of glasses from Warby Parker. They they for every pair you buy, they donate a pair to somebody in need. So you can feel good about it. Are they going to do that with the Google glasses? <laughs> I donate the Google. I don't, we need to ask Another that. idea I'm throwing out there. I'm giving them all these good no ideas. way to dream. Uh, for listeners of the relevant podcast, Warby is offering you free expedited two-day shipping on your final purchase. Just go to warbyparker.com. And when you're ready to purchase uh, your favorite pair, enter the promo code relevant during the final checkout. And you will get uh, expedited shipping. So we appreciate their support. Go check it out. Love them. Uh, well, I'm Cameron Strang. Here with me in our Orlando studios is is, uh, get, is get ready, everybody. Eddie, new podcast, Coffolds, two unspokens, <laughs> like the old you know, prayer requests. That's All right, <laughs> hello. Usually, <I'm> usually, <laughs> usually, it's a form of greeting that the person yeah. brings. Oh, I see. I thought it was, <laughs> I thought it was going around the, uh, the circle. Not, not not a meek hand raise. Uh, here I am <laughs> on hey. the sky flying uh, from Loverland, Virginia. That's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. See how good there, that one is? Over there on the I have an that... unspoken testimony. <laughs> <laughs> Something really good happened that I want you to be grateful for in prayer, but I can't tell you what it is. I'll have a better one for next testimony. week. I'll have a better one next week. <laughs> over there on the sky, uh, over there, our illustrious producer on the ones and twos, Chad Michael Snavely. Hello, friends. Uh, we're one short this week because we really weren't planning on recording a normal podcast. Right. We were going to kind of record live from Lollapalooza. Chad and I uh, and Tyler went to Lollapalooza this last weekend in Chicago and uh, saw some great music over three days and, and recorded. We have something coming. Yeah. But what we realized was we don't want to shortchange you guys. We don't. Eddie and Jesse. You, you need your Eddie and Jesse time every week. Yeah. Well, so thank we, you. So we, really figured, we figured we'd, uh, we'd do a little wrap, wrap yeah. the Lala. In, in a normal podcast experience, and then we have a Lollapalooza segment coming up later. Yeah. Well, I'm going to reveal my unspoken testimony. It's I'm really pumped that I get to be on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> that was no. your unspoken. I redact the unspoken. Thank you guys. <laughs> hey, can I ask Rare how test- redacted unspoken testimony? Thanks. So, can I ask how Lollapalooza was? You're well, yeah, to, well, you're, you're going to find out. The segment. You'll find out later. But I will tell you this much. I'm glad that we started out the podcast with prayer and testimony because I need my spirit <laughs> cleansed after going yeah. to a two chains concert. <laughs> <laughs> that was unbelievable. <laughs> was it awesome? Oh, I was there like a, like like a foot off the stage. Awesome. Wow, you, your life changes if you're at a two chains concert and foot off the stage. I'm just telling you that right now. Mm. It was something I will never forget for the rest of my life. My Man, life changed, and I was on the other side of the park. <laughs> Let me ask this: I, You know, I know I don't want to spoil this. More a tease towards the segment and. So if, if I'm giving anything away, you don't have to answer. But who was the best act you saw? But you know, both give your opinion. Well, we do answer that question during our segment. Tyler, okay. Chad, and I had all different answers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's just say there were there were amazing groups. I mean, Alt J was there. Hmm. Um, Kendrick Lamar was there. The Cure was there. The Postal Service was there. Mumford was there. I mean, like uh, Major uh, Lazer was there. <laughs> that. Well, ha- all right. How about this question? This won't give anything away for the interview. What was the craziest non-music thing you saw during your trip to Lollapalooza? Well, it could be the guy that tried to put a cigarette out on my arm. That was fun. <laughs> Jeez. Not uh, try. He did. You he got did. burned. Yeah, he did. I got burned. I have the scar to prove it. Why? Cool. I, to, in his defense, I don't really think he had any idea what he was doing. Okay. Um, I'll just leave it at that. So, so, so um, the, the other thing was like, the, there was a lot that happened during the concerts, but I had a photo pass. So the photo pit is down where the security is. You know, there's a stage, there's about five feet, then there's a barricade where the, the crowd is. Right. 
and there's security and stuff and medics walking back and forth and you know the, the, that's where the photographers go and so I was medics. down right because kids are there dehydrated all day crammed up in the front waiting for their band you know on their feet for yeah. hours and hours and hours there are people that passing out and stuff like that and so if, if somebody's in the crowd how does the how does help get to them people pass the bodies up to the front <laughs> where yes. medics then take their bodies so in front so i'm waiting for the two chains concert okay so this is i mean there's a lot going on sure you know i mean this is happening throughout the event but i'm, I'm sitting there waiting for the two chains concert and this girl before it even started got passed up foaming at the mouth oh boy oh my gosh foaming at the mouth what is going on that's so, called rabies Oh, okay. So yeah, a girl simply, got bit by a raccoon yeah. while she was waiting for two chains. <laughs> so anyway, so wow. yeah, that was kind of crazy. That is kind of weird. Seeing yeah. kids coming yeah. like, at the mouth. That's what I'm saying. That's got to be drugs or something. No, there. It was. It was a drug-free zone. Lollapalooza. It was none of that. None of that happened there. <laughs> well, Everybody when you're walking was... <laughs> in, I mean, the security is going. You're going to be searched. No drugs. No alcohol. They, I mean, they were like hardcore. If we find anything, we're going to cut your band. You're gone. Yeah. Da, da, da. I mean, they were. <laughs> they did what they were supposed to do. Let me just say, where there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> and, 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 and for 100,000 young people in downtown Chicago, many, many of them had a will and found a way. Found a way. Yeah. I, I, saw, I saw a funny headline, and I'm probably butchering it. It was something along the lines of like 10 people arrested for you know, uh, drug distribution at Lollapalooza. Other ninety nine percent of attendees were missed, or something like that. Yeah, it's pretty. Like accurate. authorities ignored other ninety nine percent of attendees. The two change show got attention. Chad yeah. was on a different part of the park, and Tyler and I were walking to the press tent area. And as we were walking, we noticed hundreds of police officers entering the park. In it was not we, normal. You'd see a, a handful. You'd see a bunch of them, but yeah. not like hundreds of them in a group. And we were like, "Okay, what's going on?" Like we and we thought it was for the major laser show. Because that was at, over at the EDM tent, and there's a lot of craziness going on there. And then it hit us, huh? Two chains plays in an hour. Pretty sure all these cops are for two chains. No way. And after walking by the two chain show, I'm pretty sure it was a good idea to bring in all of Chicago's finest police officers. <laughs> that is just. Mass. I think there were more police and officers. And I was down there in the middle of it. Yeah. Wow. It was pretty awesome, <laughs> man. That is. Mass at Lala, I try to go every year. I've been there. You know, Arcade Fire closing night. You know. 200,000 people singing every word at the top of their lungs, hands raised to heaven, saying, purify me. I mean, just amazing moments. Yeah. 1984, uh, Hall and Oates closing it. <laughs> <laughs> Phenomenal moment. Yep. I was there. <laughs> I'll never forget George Michael. And yeah. Wham. And wham. Yeah. Back yeah. in 86. Oh, yeah. the, the, the famous Wham set. Oh. Um, never forget He that. played Wake Me Up like six times in a row. <laughs> and they changed they changed shirts every few seconds. So. Right, right. And, uh, and, 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 and so, so Arcade Fire, I've seen, you know, like Kanye was there and I think it was maybe 08 where it was like it was first night back in Chicago after his mom had died. Oh my gosh. And he said, I just came from the studio and three weeks later, 808 and Heartbreak came out and he was recording it like that night Jeez. and it was just so emotional for him to be home that was amazing I've seen all these amazing moments I'll, I'll probably never forget the 2 Chain show <laughs> for very different reasons very different reasons and it was on a tiny stage really and that yeah. they put him on the wrong stage I mean it was like you couldn't get more than 10,000 people right. at this stage you couldn't probably get more than 6,000 yeah. people at this stage he could have probably had 40,000 people I mean it was oh, yeah. just like that crammed you know but um, it was yeah we talk more about it. We're later. glad you're safe, Cameron. My favorite moment of you guys being uh, at Lollapalooza <laughs> was when I emailed Tyler 
and tried to make a joke in the email and the email bom- or in the joke bombed completely which is was like hey man i hope you're having fun at lilith fair right over right <laughs> and i'm just waiting i'm like oh this is gonna be great and and he just emailed back and he was like uh, actually we're at Lollapalooza. anyhow here's the response to your which was either the funniest reply or it just didn't it just didn't work and i was so proud of that well, I'll say, email's tough man it's hard to maintain your tone in an email it really is and i think i did not have good tone in that. but see without the use of like emoticons it's really hard to translate what you mean by that but line. i even you signed know, it. if you would have done a little wink if you would have done a little affair semicolon i can't in parentheses i know i can't see i i do i, I would have let him know it was a joke that's well, all I'm but saying. here's how i wanted to bring the joke home which was that instead of going like sincerely eddie i did sean colvin for life eddie <laughs> Right? Just thinking like, oh my gosh, he's totally, he never even acknowledged it. He's so cool. That's amazing. <laughs> I, uh, I'm that's so great. proud. Jesse, I'm with you though. I like, I, whenever I try to do like, you know, I, I have to put the face. I have to, I yeah. like the the expression that I'm wearing as I write this thing, I put in an emoticon. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. And, and people have called me out on Twitter like, dude. We know you're funny. You don't need to sign every tweet with a smiley face. No, it's disarming is the thing. Well, it's, I, you know what I'm saying? Thinking. Like, if I'm doing something a little snarky, I want you to know that I'm not taking this seriously. This yeah, is tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. I think uh, Larry David talks about this on uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. There's a whole episode about him using, uh, like, a, a girl break, he breaks up with a girl because she uses smiley faces. And his idea, basically, is, like, we're not 15. But I, <laughs> <laughs> that's the whole thing. But he's so fickle. Well, we'll see, like, I, I, I can see it, like, if I was meeting someone for lunch and, it, like, the response, you know, could have been, like, can't make it, maybe we'll try again. You know, or something where I'm like, oh, that seems I'm getting blown off. But if it's can't make it, maybe we'll try again. Smiley face. It's like, oh, okay, I see. No big deal. They're smiling about this. We'll make it up. You know, I will say I really like the uh, whatever is on the iPhone. You know, like the enhanced set of emoticons. Yeah. No, I hate that. I don't want to. No, I don't want an animated thing. I want, I want old school. No, I love the emojis so much because you can make full sentences out of these silly pictures. It makes me. Yeah, I don't want we, silly pictures. We were meeting for I sushi. Want, I want, <laughs> yeah, that's right. We were meeting for sushi, and I put a, we put a clock, a sushi roll, and a thumbs up. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's and all like, you need to know. Yeah. <laughs> See, for me, that's like reading wingdings. Like trying to... Like, exactly oh, hey, dude, the font on your phone's messed up. You got some weird wingdings. You got wingdings 5.0 going. If I had your phone number, I would be texting you this moment. But we, have, we <laughs> haven't crossed into that. I'll give it to you. Someday. I'll give it to you. <laughs> when we finally meet at Medieval Times. <laughs> Eyeball, hieroglyphic, hieroglyphic, <laughs> stop sign. Stop sign. <laughs> hey, can I just bring up something? Every single week when we're doing this show... Pictures are being taken of us outside this window. Yeah. I haven't seen one. They're still <laughs> Jesse. I He's believe is right still now. on the. What is he filming for? Oh, the, is this uh, behind the scenes? Yeah, yeah. So uh, we have a new filmmaker who joined our team, Mark Kamel. He uh, he's he's so sweet. filming things through the window a lot. I was back there working on the magazine. It was going to print last week, and we're moving things around. We cut sixteen pages at the last second. We're just like trying to move things around, solve stuff, and all of a sudden, I see him in the corner of the room with the camera, and I'm like. Yep. Oh yeah, this is probably a good reminder. This is probably good, like it is for check. all of us. This is probably good for me to be like, okay, do unto others as you right. want. Yeah. Yeah, so, so to wear your emocon all the time. <laughs> His job is just to document life at, at on the office. No, we're doing a lot of stuff. It's like a Truman Show type of situation. <laughs> I'm very vain, and I want my entire. I have an official photographer follow me around at all times. What like I, that Matthew McConaughey movie. What I, okay, so I mean, thanks for you know letting the cat out of the bag a little bit, Jeff. But what we are working on a very, very major launch of re- bringing back relevant TV. 
with a new era of original programming and video content. And so Mark joined our team. We have a studio. We're, we're partnering with YouTube. We're doing a bunch of stuff. It's in the early stages right now. We're still working on some things. And we're going to deploy this fall and, and heavily into next year. And so we're doing kind of an online surge, mobile surge of, of uh, content experiences. And then we have our eye on living rooms um, f- f- kind of in a year, year and a half. And so... Like like design? Uh, yes. Going into couch, couch manufacturing. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and so so Trying to diversify in the economy. <laughs> so, so Ottomans <laughs> in the Ottoman biz. <laughs> so uh, we're thinking, you know, one of the things that that Mark's doing, just kind of like getting some B roll of kind of the behind the scenes here, is just kind of some about us and kind of kind of just you know marketing type stuff. But that's not the focus of his job. Okay, I'd like job. to say two things real quick. One, just in fairness to Jesse, I'm the doofus that said, hey, why is a man filming us and then made us talk about it? No problem. Okay, I just, you said, uh, you know. I, no, I no, didn't no, take no, he was I sensed, I sensed a, a colon close parenthesis at the end of Cameron's <laughs> Maybe I misread that. Can, and, you, can you text me a picture? Cameron? And the other thing is... Let me know part, how you really feel. As part of Relevant TV, what would be a good vehicle, do you think, for Jesse and I to do a reality show? We have ideas. <laughs> Talk to Chad. Yeah. I'll, I'll make, make it happen. Producer. I'll make it happen. Candyman? Got it. Next. <laughs> we have a good. We, we kind of have a good show for you lined up today. We we bring you live music uh, that we recorded at Lala. Uh, we we kind of give you the kind of full spectrum of music experience that that we had. Uh, it, it'll be a fun segment coming up. So stay tuned for that. Yeah. But up first, your music releases. Two uh, albums coming out on Tuesday, August thirteenth. The Digital Age, otherwise known as the David Crowder Band minus David Crowder. So shouldn't they just be called the the band? The band. I would have mm-hmm. called them the band. That Wait, they're a... still called David Crowder Band? No, no, it's called the Digital Age. Oh, do they? I would have ha- done like a MySpace thing where you leave like the underscore where his name was, or like, like the David Crowder the underscore. Wasn't band? that like the David Crowder Asterix Band? Like mm-hmm. that's how they officially. So it could have just been the Asterix Band, right? Yeah. Or you could have left it the David Crowder Asterix Band and then underneath it, very small asterisk minus David minus Crowder. David do they have Crowder. a new singer? You know, what I would have done. I would have find. I would have found someone else whose legal name is David Crowder. And paid him to join the band so we could retain the name. Yeah. AMD. And I would put him like on Maraca or something. Yeah. So the Digital Age, who <laughs> I hope they are not offended because we like these guys, yeah. uh, they're coming out with Evening Morning. Also coming out, New Life Worship uh, from the uh, Colorado Church. Uh, great, great worship scene up there. Coming out with Strong God. Audrey Assad is coming out with Fortunate Fall. Block Party. Man, three Christian ones. That's great. Block Party is coming out with the Next Wave Sessions EP. Why don't they just make an LP? Why don't they just put out a whole album? They ran out of songs, I guess. And I'm very, I'm looking forward to this one. Washed Out is coming up with Paracosm. Man, it's streaming on iTunes right now, and uh, it's so good. Good, it's unbelievable. Uh, Movie releases uh, coming out on Friday, August 16th. Kick A Double S Two. Oh, okay. I see what you did there. Double dollar sign. Double dollar signs. Keep it safe for little ears. Yeah, Jim Carrey, other people. Apparently, comic book nerds like the first one, so they made another one. Also coming out, Paranoia, Harrison Ford, Gary Oldman, bunch of old guys. Uh, and <laughs> and uh, last and probably Red least... Red 3, you mean. Last and probably least, Jobs, starring Ashton Kutcher. I'm actually quite excited oh. to see this yeah, movie. What, what are no, you guys' thoughts Have you seen the trailer? Uh, Here's I the deal. seen the trailer. Here's the deal. Yeah. I wish it could just be a series of pictures from each scene, because he looks like Steve Jobs. But, but, in the but trailer, all I see is Ashton Kutcher, though. In the trailer, he's 
Ashton Kutcher. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we all know and have heard Steve Jobs enough to know his demeanor, his cadence, right. his right. whatever. And 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 everything I've seen, every scene, he's just the guy from Two and a Half Men. I think what he might be missing with is a beard. Acting. Yeah, acting. Yeah, it's like Daniel Day Lewis is extremely oh. recognizable, but when you watch Lincoln, you don't see Daniel. He transforms Day-Lewis. himself, right. and yeah. Ashton yeah. is just Ashton Kutcher from that '70s show, yeah. dressed like Steve Jobs in 1985, and that's what really uh, makes me sad about this. Hmm. But. When do you think Lincoln Two is coming out? <laughs> Lincoln Two Electric Boogaloo. It's called it's called Vampire Hunter. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's your entertainment releases. Stay tuned. Up next, slices. You're listening to Superhumanoids. The song is so strange. I mean, that's actually the name of the song. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Heim with The Wire. All right, it's time for Slices. What do you have, Jesse? Okay, so uh, a lot of people uh, have been talking about an interview that that ran on uh, the cable news network Fox with an author named Reza Aslan, who's written a book called Zealot that looks at the life of Jesus. Uh, And this was a couple weeks back that he was on and the and Reza Aslan is is a scholar. He's a Bible and theology uh, scholar. His PhDs, including one from I believe Harvard, is you know has some serious uh, scholarly credentials. But the interviewer was repeatedly asking him, "How could a Muslim write a book about Jesus?" Uh, and you know he tried to answer the question, saying that he's writing it from the perspective of a scholar, not necessarily injecting his own opinions about faith into the book. Um, and it looks more at a historical perspective on Jesus. But anyway, that was a few weeks ago. The interview since went viral. And now this author has a best-selling book on his hands. Uh, it was actually became uh, the number one selling book on Amazon for a few weeks. And a lot of people are crediting this interview. So there's been some question though, of how this book would hold up to actual theological criticism that goes beyond just what this individual's faith is. Uh, so a the- theology professor from uh, Lancaster Theolo- uh, Theological Seminary actually did a, a really long analysis of the book uh, that's called Zealot on, and posted on Huffington Post and, uh, you know, kind of intellectually had some harsh things to say. I mean, he was gracious in the way he did it, but basically saying, he, from his perspective, that there are things in the book that question the divinity of Christ that this uh, theology professor says don't hold up. So that, you know, he was kind of, it wasn't necessarily a takedown of the book, but it, it was certainly uh, uh, not a positive scholarly review. Uh, but the cool thing is, uh, after that was posted, uh, Reza Aslan, the, the author of the book, actually tweeted a link to the criticism and says, thank you. And he says, thank you to the, the, the theology professor named Greg Carey for the thoughtful and tough scholarly criticism of Zealot. And then he posted a link to the interview. Uh, so it's sort of two sides of one story where, you know, you have this uh, author that's sort of um, being questioned about his faith and his credibility as a scholar for his faith. And he acted relatively graciously, but you could tell he was offended. 
uh, to a few weeks later when another scholar engages him. And it shows how thoughtful dialogue can have a more positive result than, you know, just attacking someone for what they personally believe. I just thought it was a cool cultural metaphor for the right way and the wrong way to have a discussion of someone with another belief. There are a few things I would like to say. One is that I'm now dreading the slice that I brought. <laughs> it is so dumb compared to this great conversation that you just launched. I know us Jesse into. keeps like bringing these thought provoking well, things. Here, well, real quick though, should I should I mix? It? I mean, what no, should, no, no. should we do? Hey, you got to give the people what they want. You got to give the people what they want. Wait, Jesse, I'm not, I'm not being critical. I think it's wonderful. I just there's never no, been no, as I much of a disparity. I just didn't know if if sometimes I you know reading the room, it's like is it time for something heavy? Because I always bring, I always keep another one in the back pocket just in case. Just in case. But but anyway, the Raza Aslan has also posted on CNN. This actually uh, was posted right before the interview and kind of flew under the radar, but uh, it's got some attention now. His personal testimony of he was born in Iran, uh, born to a Muslim family. Uh, during the Iranian Revolution, they uh, you know, kind of sought uh, asylum in the United States. I don't know if technically political asylum, but anyway, they moved to the United States when he was uh, a child, and he became an evangelical Christian at a youth camp when he was a teenager. Uh, and he talks about how a lot of people in his family, his brother-in-law is an evangelical pastor, and he eventually reconverted back to Islam. But he actually has a pretty uh, intimate background with evangelical Christianity, which I think adds a little bit of perspective into this whole conversation that's happening and why it's dangerous to just write someone's opinion off just because of what faith they are. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's an interesting story. And like I said, the book has actually become a best bestseller because of it. That's very, very interesting. I'm always stunned by what I like, cause I will go now and read this. I would be shocked. I think by the comments of people, uh, commenting on these articles and how not okay with folks are with engaging in dialogue with people of other faiths, especially when it comes to some of these hot topic things like the ultimate hot topic, which is, yeah. At the mall, <laughs> yeah. The ultimate, the outlet, the ultimate hot topic. How dare you? Why <laughs> are you working by sweet fishnet fluorescent teas? <laughs> we, we featuring have, Tim Burton characters. The, the world's um, largest hot topic. <laughs> yeah. did, did you guys see the initial interview on on Fox with with Reza Aslan? No. So basically, he goes on, and instead of questioning him about the content of the book itself, the the interviewer just repeatedly asks. How can you, as a Muslim, think it's okay to write a book about Jesus? And he basically tries to defend himself that says that, you know, he's a scholar and he's not doing it to, you know, as a takedown of Christ. He's doing it as a scholarly work. But like I said, since then, it's really opened up the door of how people of different faith can talk in a civil way about a similar topic. How in the world would that be a question? Who would be interviewing them going, uh, really feeling like that is a valid question? Yeah, I think it seems that seems totally ridiculous to me. Am I missing something? Well, I think it, this is sort of like the conversation we we're having the, uh, a few weeks ago about Twitter, about how it, you know, cable news, and I'm not. It's not anything against Fox in particular. I think that whole medium lends itself to trying to be this. You know, it, it, it's more just like on Twitter. It's easier to do something that's sensational and argumentative than ha- to have a thoughtful dialogue. And I think you know, as a result. There is sort of this, you know, tendency for things to be taken to an irrational extreme in questioning, mm-hmm. because that's what that's what people get. Through. I mean, the video went viral not just because of how people disagree with it, because the tension is intense. It's I mean, it's a difficult thing to watch, but it's something that if someone shared with you, 
you might watch just because, oh man, I can't believe this is happening. Mm-hmm. I'm a little distracted because podcast listeners keep sending me motorcycles. I'm, I'm very, I'm very excited. About this. Wait, actual motorcycles or pictures? Pictures of motorcycles. Of motorcycles crates and, keep showing up. To and, the and information door, right? and 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 buying tips. This is great. Have you have you started your motorcycle buying your your your, your shopping? Well, now because well, I mean, yeah, I've been to a couple of dealerships, but I mean, now I'm getting great advice and getting offered some very fantastic deals by podcast listeners. Is it is it your exclusive deal? Would they offer this to someone else? No, I kind of got the sense that it was just for me. Wow, because they 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 like the podcast that much, and I'm like, you know what? I will take you up on that. <laughs> but what's funny though is I don't think the deal was extended to any of the rest of us on the podcast. Nope, not at all. just Cameron. Because I'm the only licensed driver. <laughs> you guys aren't licensed. Sure. I don't. Be- I don't believe in license. Yeah. Why do I gotta? Be- I believe in freedom. Yeah. What motorcycle represents. If I want to get on a hog and just tear through town, Uncle Sam ain't stopping me. Yeah. <laughs> That's. That's what I'm talking about. All right, what do you have, Eddie? All right, I have what can only be viewed as the dumbest slice I've ever brought in comparison to that. So uh, there was a story in Mental Floss uh, that was talking about the four most unusual Bible translations. And um, I, <laughs> I, at first I it's loved one it. wingdings. That's all hieroglyphics. It, it's and not far from that, man. Peace because signs. the first, the first time I read through it, I was laughing. Then the second time, I was deeply disturbed. And the third, I thought, well, this is a good slice because I'll be curious to see uh, what you all and what folks commenting think of it. Uh, so the Bible obviously has sold more copies uh, than any other book of all time. It's been translated. I thought that was a purpose-driven life. Three hundred uh, <laughs> Harry Potter two. Uh, it's been translated into 349 languages, but there are four that stand out as four of the strangest translations. Uh, the first one they cite is, uh, well, Klingon. Is no. This, yeah. So this exists. There is a Klingon translation of the Bible. I thought the, I thought if you were so into that, that you didn't believe in God. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know how that. I don't think that's true. I think you can really like Klingon and also like God. Maybe not. Maybe it's an evangelistic endeavor by like, you know, some Bible. That, that truckies are this unreached people group. Yes. Yeah. Whatever it is, it exists. And there's like a translation of, in this new story, they did a translation of, uh, like, uh, in the beginning, the word uh, was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And they translated I think that's called the English translation. Right. Not, but they, not familiar. But they translated to Klingon and it is just... Say it. I, no, I can't possibly. It's all like these emojis, guttural sounds. Like you gotta like cough and hack and do things. it. I want to know what heads, it says. Heads, I, I literally can't even. Sign. It's not words I understand. It's like the first word is D A Q. How do you say that word? Dak. Yeah. T A G H. T A G H. Tog. Or Dak. Dak Tog. Dak Tog. And then G H A H T A. It sounds like a performance-enhancing drug. That's what I'm saying. Just, so yeah. there's Klingon. Gotha. So the Bible's been Gotha. translated into Klingon. The These second, are letters that make you know normal noises. You can read this, but is it disrespectful? <laughs> I mean, I who just, are we disrespecting? Are, the Klingons? Yeah, is this sacrilegious? Maybe God reading the Bible. Is God, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. There's something that seems awful. The second one it's is racist against Klingons. Uh, is uh, I'm actually not going to do them in order of the article. I'm going to do them in order. There's another one called the Word on the Street. So there's this guy named Rob, and he's an actor and a performance poet. Well, I know uh, Zondervan published it, and it was a British translation paraphrase. I remember that that you, they brought over to the U.S. Got it. So it's I like, have it. Hmm. What do you think? 
It's 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 today's language. It's how the kids are talking. But I mean, do they do any of the like the exegetical work? Do they go in and study Greek and Hebrews, or just kind of no? Like, it's I'm it's like read this and it's Eugene. This, but... It's the message. It's just a yeah. But Eugene Peterson worked really really hard to make sure that the message was. Hey, not this just... guy is an actor. He knows okay. what. The <laughs> yeah, kids are, are you saying. questioning Got, Rob? Are you are you are you questioning Rob Lacey, an actor? So yeah, I guess not. Um, then there's you have an example from the yeah word yeah on the word on the street. First off, uh, yeah okay. So the exact same in the beginning was the word right, and the word was not familiar. You know this right? Here's his translation. First off, nothing, no light, no time, no substance, no matter. Second off, God starts it all up and whap stuff everywhere. The cosmos. Wait, whap? WAP. W-H-A-P. WAP. Oh, you can say that, but you can't pronounce Klingon. (laughs) (laughs) The cosmos and chaos, no shape, no form, no function, just darkness. And floating above it all, God's Holy Spirit ready to play. Day one. Then God's voice booms out. Lights. And from nowhere, lights flood the sky and night is swept off the scene. But can't you hear the poet actor in that? I can. Yeah. I'm not saying I like he's, or dislike he's it. Sitting, he's wearing a black turtleneck sweater sitting yeah. on a stool right. with a water bottle. My understanding is it was written as a performance piece. That's oh. my understanding. Oh, no, that's interesting. And that, that, that was used as an outreach in Britain, and you could experience it. Interesting. Which would be moving. Yeah. Because what you just said was like intriguing and poetic and interesting. It would certainly be interesting. Yeah. The third one is... Pidgin, P-I-D-G-I-N, Pidgin English. It's kind of a Jamaican translation. So that one. Um, which, Can we hear an excerpt? Uh, no, there is no excerpt, and I don't want to do it. So here's the last one, the one that really gets me. LOL cats. Yeah. <laughs> have we, have we heard of this? Yes. Well, of course, LOL, LOL cats. cat Bible translation project. I didn't believe that people who liked LOL, LOL cats believed in God either. So, <laughs> so this man set up the LOL Bible translation project in 2007. So by 2010, the best passages were printed in a book. Back to Genesis one one in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Right, Not familiar becomes something different altogether. Oh hi, into beginning, sealing cat made to skies and to earths, but he did not eat it them. <laughs> so it's sort it's sort of in the vein of I can't have cheeseburgers. It's exactly that, but they've done the whole thing because I'm preaching this weekend on Ephesians two, and I was looking it up, and I was like, oh, I wonder. I mean, I didn't think I'd use it, but basically I was procrastinating from writing. And I'm like, oh, I wonder if it's in the LOL cats. And it was. And it was not helpful. So if your wife walks in and catches you on the LOL cats website, yeah. you're like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm yeah. researching other translations. Scripture, babe. Scripture. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, they refer to God as ceiling, Digging in the word ceiling here. cat. Ceiling God cat? is ceiling cat? Yeah. That's well, when the I big think. big man upstairs. That's yeah, when I think it may be disrespectful. So. Huh. <laughs> So which one do you feel angers God the most? <laughs> if I can speak for God, I would say I don't Please know. Please do. Well, he, can, he speaks through you. If I could speak for Ceiling Cat. I don't think... I feel like the LOL Cats one is yeah. a little bit on the... Yeah, we're mocking. Yeah. We're not really yeah. trying to do a translation. Klingon, like part of me is hoping it's not mo- mocking. Part of me is hoping that people that take really seriously... It's just... They're, they're cling- just a very they're, religious nerd. They're cling- They're Well, kind of. Yeah, they're Klingon Are they religious nerds? Oh, I think so. That was I mean, Cameron. if you're really into anime and like science fiction, those worlds don't have a god. Those worlds are all human, humanistic. If you're really that deep into it, are you really a Christian? Jeez. Do you believe in God? Because those worlds don't. I'm sure if somebody does, we'll like, hear about it next like, week. Like I like Settlers of Catan. And I believe in God. Am I doing uh, okay? I don't believe. 
That's possible. <laughs> Did you go to Comic Con dressed as a settler of Catan? No, but I would like to. Have were gone were to you were you asking everyone you encountered if they had any sheep they would be willing to trade? <laughs> you know it. I know I you got know a lot that of ore here. I'm pretty deep into Batman graphic novels, and I still believe in God. But we're talking about people that really start to change their identity to be this Klingon. person. I think yeah, when you they start were talking like in that language. Marble necklaces, like necklaces with like an eagle claw holding a marble. If you believe the Klingon world is oh, real or should be. Cool. Yeah. I think I'm going to do something similar to that. I'm going to take worship songs and translate them to the language that Sigaros sings in. <laughs> because that's a partly made up language. <laughs> They're really? all yeah. like 18 minute long. Right. Yeah. A, lot of, uh, a lot of guitar playing with a violin bow. It's good. So, <laughs> be looking for that. All right. Well, that'll do it for Slices. Stay tuned. Up next, our Lollapalooza recap. listening to kings of leon the song is wait for me from their upcoming album mechanical bull well what you're about to hear was recorded live in chicago by uh chad tyler and i right after Lollapalooza <laughs> ended uh here is our recap all right well uh Lollapalooza 2013 uh, just wrapped up we're here in chicago um i'm here with uh tyler huckabee welcome Hey, everybody. And our illustrious producer, Chad Michael Snavely. Hey, friends. Three days of music, wall-to-wall, in the books. Lollapalooza, for those of you who don't know, is a music festival in downtown Chicago. Um, it's located in Grant Park, which is on the waterfront. So it's a very unique music festival in the sense that um, it's about a, mi- a little more than probably a mile north to south from... St- from North Stage to South Stage, with several stages peppered in between. Um, but the second you step foot outside the festival grounds, you're in downtown Chicago. So it's a really unique thing, because most music festivals, you think a bunch of hippies camping and getting muddy and gross. and but No, you're in downtown Chicago. So it's a unique music festival. I try to come every year. This is you guys' first year. Yeah, yeah. The festival was headlined... Um, by, uh, the, the thing about Lala is like, it, there's something for everyone. So it's not like pitchfork. It's a melting or, pot. Yeah. yeah where yeah. there's like a, a distinct kind of scene. There really is something for everyone. So the, the headliners were interesting. You had, um, the, on Friday, the killers and nine inch nails going mm-hmm. against each other. Then, uh, Saturday you had Mumford and Sons and the post against the postal service, the second to last show for the post service. Now they're done mm-hmm. as of now. They're done. Um, you could see the kind of, anyway, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, and then last night, closing night, um, you had Phoenix going against the cure. So you just had this wide range of, of people then throughout the day, you know? So you had like on Friday, my observation on Friday was my word. I'm really old because Mm. everybody seemed like a child. It's young. No, well, that was Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. The people who had jobs on Friday showed up. And so then on Friday, Saturday and Sunday, it was way more of a, a, a mix of, of people. We didn't feel as old on Saturday and yeah. Sunday. So, no. for, so, so we, we did observe some fashion. 
trends. Lollapalooza is sort of a fashion haven. From this point on, Cameron is wearing a headband. (laughs) Apparently, that's what you do at music festivals. Mm -hmm. And apparently, if you're a female under the age of 22, you have to wear 1984 mom jean shorts. High-waisted. High-waisted. And here's what Chad and I observed. Fathers, be good to your daughters. (laughs) Here's what Chad and I observed. It's about one out of 200 females. Who can pull this off? Who can pull off this look? <laughs> but the other 199 see that one and go, oh, that looks great on her. I'm yeah. going to do this. And they don't look in the mirror very well. I, so. w- I would say it's sort of, the, sort of a, a male analog to that would be the tank top. Yeah. The, the male tank top. Some guys can do it. Some guys can't. And, and, and you, just have to have, you just have to know the difference. And which, you, which one of those two are you, Tyler? Uh, well, I, uh, well I, I, f- I keep forgetting this is kind of a visual slice. <laughs> <laughs> He's recording right now in a tank top. I like to call it a mank top. <laughs> Here's what I've observed, speaking of fashion. The Chicago... Okay, I like Chicago. It's a sure. great city. So no, this is nothing discouraging yeah. to Chicago. Yeah, yeah. But the, the, the cool kids here look like they look at catalogs or look at pictures of the cool kids in New York. And try to emulate their looks. So it's like it's like the kids here looked at the Urban Outfitters catalog, but then went and tried to recreate the looks at Ross. That's what it, that's what the that's what the outfits look like for the most part. So anyway, those are fashion notes from all. Yeah, of, that was, that yeah was we have a lot of fashion. Relevant, we can do a whole fashion show, relevant podcast, fashion. We've corner. turned into like the E Channel. So anyway, all right. So music. Fashion. This was a music festival. Relevant, relevant fashion, fashion corner fashion podcast. So so we email any hot fashion tips to relevant so, podcast on Twitter. So we uh, we. Uh, we had media passes, and uh, one of the, I, as I do every year, I co-op the photo pass because it gets me access down to the stage for the first three or four songs of, of all the sets, and so I get the I get to experience while I'm shooting. I get to experience you know whoever like you know right. from three feet away, which mm-hmm. is just right. a surreal experience. I really only shot on Saturday and Sunday because Friday was just a strange light lineup for us yeah. i mean if we were going to miss the killers at night which we did there really just wasn't a lot on friday for 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 us from an editorial standpoint but saturday and sunday were chock full and mm-hmm. just like i shot like you know like yesterday i imported 2077 photos from from four shows wow i mean it's just one of those things you're just down there you know just shooting but it's really awesome and then you know they treat the media well here and there's a press area really recharge they really really do Literally recharge your phones, and, and they have food and everything for us. It's nice. So so we really get the kind of really nice way of seeing a music festival. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have to, like, grind it out, you know, the whole time, which is cool. But And so you can kind of pick and choose. The, the thing for us is, you know, looking at kind of the music that, you know, we cover and are into, we want to see those artists, but then we also want to discover new ones. And that's the tough thing because two-thirds of the lineup is actually music that we've never heard of. Yeah. yeah. And so you're kind of like, you don't know. It's tough to plan your day around stuff you just don't know what you're going to walk into. And so you actually kind of miss out on a lot of great music you find out afterwards. And that's, that's kind of frustrating, but you yeah. just really don't know how to plan for it. So you look at the lineup, and, and great groups overlap. I mean, yeah. so mm-hmm. somebody will start at 8 o'clock, and then another group you want to see will start at 8.15. Oh, it's hard. And you're like, okay, well, I'll catch the first 30 minutes of this group, and I'll just jump over and catch the last 30 minutes of that one. But you forget about the thirty minute it wall. It doesn't work yeah. like that. And 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 so by the last day, you're just you're xing out groups that you really wanted to see and you'd plan to, but you just you just can't. And so we kind of had to split up and all that, and and that was that was cool. I mean, we saw a lot of stuff. Yeah, we we covered. Were there any were there any new bands or bands that were new ish to you guys that really stuck out? 
I I met or uh, I heard. I think we all were there. We just didn't know it. I, I heard a a British R and B female vo- uh, yeah, singer songwriter yeah. yesterday um, named Leanne La Havas. Yeah, and she was great. She, she really was. If you've heard, you know, African American British sing, female singer songwriter, she's in that ilk. There's this kind of like jazzy. Um, indie kind of edge to it. It's not like American R&B. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she kind of mm-hmm. slid right into that. She played guitar. and Just really cool. Yeah, it was beautiful. She started her set just coming out with an electric guitar just doing some finger picking and it was a beautiful way to start a set. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, it was really good. I really liked uh, this this band called Wild Bell um, who played on that same stage as, as she did and um, it kind of reminded me of a little bit of the Asteroids Galaxy tour mixed with a little Nora Jones and Feist. Um, just fun music good to have on in the background um and apparently they're from chicago they said it was one of their i think the first time playing chicago but they were pretty pumped to be playing in front of a, of a live stage i had never heard of them i'd never heard their music but i was pretty impressed with their sound i like i like wild nothings i, I thought that mm. was i i'd heard i'd heard of them quite a bit and i think i've heard a song of theirs here and there um but but their live show they really they they translated it in a way because their sound is very uh it's, it's sort of like a washed out sound it's uh, it, it, which isn't the sound that I'm generally super into, but they they took they Ooh. made it feel a little more. Washed I know it's awesome. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Washed out has won me over, and I wish they'd been here this year because that would have yeah. been really fun. I don't, I don't know that their sound would translate to that. You know, that, that's what I was telling Tyler right. last night because I saw Washed could Out play right. live last year in Orlando, and it was one of the worst shows I've ever been to. And I'm a huge Washed Out fan. And uh, the thing with with uh, Wild Nothing is that they took that sound, but they made it a little bit more rock and roll for a live yeah. setting with yeah. a lot of guitars. It wasn't just all synth, and uh, it did really, really well. Which I think is why I liked it. So throughout this, we'll play some clips of um, some of the recordings. We don't know if this is legal or not, but some of the <laughs> some, of, some of the recordings from the shows. So hopefully they sound all right. But here's a little bit of Wild Nothing. Going back to, to Fridays, I, I guess the only way to really handle this will be kind of going a little bit day by day. Friday Friday was interesting. Um, Chad and I caught Jesse Ware, who we're big fans of. Yeah. And and I, what, I don't know. It's a little disappointing. Yeah. It wasn't the right stage for her. Her her sound is is this beautiful, more chilled out R&B sound. And uh, she would finish and then she was all amped up and talking to the crowd and and I don't know if it was nerves or what it was, but it just didn't seem like her stage persona fit the music that she was trying to convey. However, that being said, we then saw her play an intimate, like, unplugged show. We can say a private show. A private show. Don't that want to we sound were, too pretentious. That we were invited to and Tyler was not. Yeah. yeah. Well, but she was didn't just want up, to see her anyway. <laughs> <laughs> she was just up on stage with a, with a guitarist, and, and she did great. It's it was great. it was perfect. So I think that kind of a setting was, was more in tune for her, but... I was a little disappointed with her. Also on Friday, uh, Crystal Castle's uh, electronic group uh, played a main stage. Band of Horses p- played the other one at the same time. Um, then, then Imagine Dragons. We we call it Imagine Dragons. They're in all the commercials now. Yeah. And uh, apparently LeBron, LeBron James, James listens, listens to him and his commercial. Um, anyway, saw something I'd never seen before at Lala. Now, Lala. Okay, if you go to a normal show, let's say you go to a, let's say you go to a Kanye show. You know, it's a 10 o'clock show. 
he's going to come out at 1.30. You know, I mean, that's just the reality of it. The thing about Lala is, if a, if I mean, if it says 5 to 6, the first chord is struck at 5.00, yeah. and the last chord is struck at 6.00, mm-hmm. and you turn around, and the band on the adjacent stage, who's 6 to 7, their first note hits immediately. Yeah. I mean, it is... So precision it's a machine. because everything wraps right at ten o'clock every Cause night because the, the park closes right. downtown, so they can't they cannot get off course by five minutes. And so, I mean, I saw Kanye here. Kanye came out on time. I mean, it was crazy. <laughs> um, so, it, anyway, the, the the precision of it is is awesome. It's an incredibly well run event. We're watching Imagine Dragons. They're about three songs into it, everything shuts down. The entire stage, jumbotron, sounds, lights, everything shuts down. We don't know what happened. Yeah. The band stands there for about thirty seconds and eventually just meh, and walked off. <laughs> about ten minutes later, everything fires back up and they kept going. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. I've never seen that happen at a at a festival like this huh. before. But apparently, somebody unplugged Imagine Dragons. Somebody, some intern tripped over the cable. <laughs> <laughs> some intern does now. Somebody's looking for a job. So the, Saturday was. Packed as as yeah. Sunday turned out to be as well, and I have one regret <laughs> the entire weekend. One regret. Uh, yeah. I got distracted, and I missed Charles Bradley. And 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 it you was were talking like, about that one for weeks. Leading I up to it. I'm I'm just angst ridden. And then I saw some photos and stuff from it, and it's just like. And then one of the other um, late, later that night, we saw the postal service and. They mentioned I know. How, how good how Charles good Bradley just tore the house down, and I'm just like, I mean, just seriously, like, just kill me now. I mean, this is just <laughs> I was so upset. But Saturday was an incredible day of music. Um, I have some highlights, but but what what stood out to you guys that day was the day that had like Haim, um, local natives, Ellie Goulding, Foles, Brooke Wagner, the National, the Lumineers, uh, Mumford and Sons, the Postal Service, Kendrick day. Lamar. Packed. I day. mean. Yeah, all those that you just there mentioned were a lot were my of high. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was there really wasn't a low point. That that was a yeah, great was a day of solid music. Day. Um, my my highlight by far was Kendrick Lamar. Man, he was it. amazing. Now He's, we have to put the disclaimer that if you're gonna buy sticker. his album, buy it from Walmart and get the clean version. Uh, but holy cow, that but, show! But do buy that. He's the only he's the only secular artist. He's the only Christian artist. He's the only artist that has ever put the literal sinner's prayer on yeah. his album yeah. where they tell it and recite it and ask the Lord Michael, into their heart. Michael in the w. Album. Smith's not doing that. Yeah. DC Talk's not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> you need to get a Kendrick Lamar Kendrick album if you want that. But by the clean version. Um, and his, but his stage presence man. was you couldn't take your eyes off him. It was, but, it was unbelievable. But I will be I mean here's naive you know Cameron talking for real. I only do listen to clean hip hop right. and so like Oh you were in for a rude awakening. So, so I learned what some of the words were. <laughs> like, like entire choruses that like 10 seconds are muted on my version I'm like oh that's what's supposed to go there <laughs> little camera became a man that day but anyway saw you grew up in front of my eyes <laughs> there was a couple of highlights from the from the show besides just how great the music was he was and there was a there was a great moment where <laughs> there's a gentleman a fan there who was in a wheelchair and he was being crowd surfed around the state and the only person who seemed concerned about it at all was Kendrick Lamar yeah. who actually stopped his song 
and told everybody to make sure that he don't drop. (laughs) And he just, he like looked, he was looking out with this look of terror, like something bad was going to happen. Well, he was the second wheelchair guy because I was down in the pit. The first wheelchair guy, I mean, so Kendrick, Kendrick can stand there and like his songs are great and stuff, but in between the songs, he will let the tension of silence build up to build anticipation for the next song. He doesn't have to fill it with filler and you know all this stuff. He'll just kind of stand there and like with authority, and like he'll 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 then like tell the crowd, you know, raise your hands, the whole crowd, and then like, and then they'll just drop this crazy yeah. beat, and the whole yeah. crowd just, just goes, goes crazy. So like, the first time this happened, the crowd got uh, down where I was, got so amped, they threw a wheelchair guy up in the air, a different one. Yeah. So he the they were like one, yeah. they were like yeah. bobbing him up and down. And then that was like second song or whatever, about four songs in. Well, one of the other wheelchair guys says, well, I want to do that, you know. And so they they put him up high. And, and it wasn't at a point where the whole crowd was going crazy. Yeah. They were just kind of like holding him up there. and like, But they were like tilting him in ways where he was about to like fall out of his chair. Okay, and so like Kendrick, those wheels that's where the thing yeah, was like, Kendrick, yeah. like, like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, make sure this guy's not going to fall <laughs> and out. And then like, it's you see him on the Jumbotron and the whole crowd yeah. erupts because this yeah. guy in a wheelchair is being hoisted up above and the, the They crowd. actually passed him all the way down to the photo pit. Yeah. So they, they passed the, the wheelchair kid up and the, and the guys were going to wheel him out like they wheel out in, or push, you know, yeah. take anybody else out. Because like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, he didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Let him enjoy the show. So they and left the him down in the pit. Just went the crowd just went crazy. The crowd went the, That show went to 11 right then. <laughs> it was that, awesome. That was when. And it, did, and it really stayed up there the entire yeah. rest of the show. You know who else was really good that day was Local Natives. I, I think that one caught us all by surprise a little yeah. bit. The local Natives really, really wowed me. With See, no, I said, I, I post on Instagram that it was maybe one of our surprises of the day. And, and all these people were like, why was it a surprise? They have a great live show. This is a great album. Like, what are you talking about? It's a surprise. You know what? It's true. Like, I should have expected mm-hmm. that it would be as fantastic as it was. Mm-hmm. It was fantastic. Yeah, it, it was, really was. I think, I think for me, I just it just sounds like a very difficult sound to translate live and when we when we interviewed them a few months ago they had told me that uh, I was talking to them and they said that they had for this album they hadn't thought too hard about are these songs going to play well live for their first album they really did for this one they just decided they wanted to make a great studio album it it, it worked out just fine for them yeah musically I thought it would translate well but I didn't know vocally how it would do because they're, they're the such tight harmonies yeah. four or five part har- harmonies and they just nailed it live they sounded like I told Cameron it reminds me of like a Fleet Foxes Beach Boy-esque kind yeah. of vocal sound sure. with like the music of The National and they're just is one of my favorite albums of the year and it was a true true joy to see them play mm-hmm. live man yeah here, here's a here's a clip we got uh, from the show That that complex, beautiful albums are like the live experience matches your expectations. Yeah, and this one like exceeded it. Exceeded it. You know, yeah. and it was in the middle of the afternoon. It wasn't the light show. It wasn't you know yeah. this epic staging. It was just great music. Uh, I agree. That was that was really fantastic. I got shots of them too. Of um, course, the national played obviously, on that same obviously stage, the national. and that was once yeah. once again. I, I've seen them live a few times, and they never disappoint. I'm 
The day wrapped um, with uh, Mumford and Sons going against the Postal Service, and I uh, I had seen Mumford in the 2010 at Lala right. on the band show, kind of second stage. It was their first album; they were breaking out. I was curious to see them being a headliner on the massive stage, how they would do. I also was curious to see the crowd because I don't know. There's a little bit of a been there, done that with this album for Mumford. Yeah. Even Mumford fans. With Babel, you mean? Yeah. yeah. It kind of was like, oh, I thought it would have gone somewhere new. Yeah. Um, and uh, some people say that this album sounds like B-sides from the first album. Well, because they were touring nonstop, and they had to put out another yeah. album, but yeah. they didn't like go and recharge and get creatively inspired, so you kind of understand it. But anyway, I was curious, just to see. So you guys were up waiting for Postal Service, and I, and I ventured down to Mumford, and... I'll say it's the second biggest crowd I've ever seen at Lala. The first being Radiohead, where they shut down the other stage. They had nobody going against Radiohead. Lala sells about 250,000 tickets. And, you know, people leave and things like that. But there was easily 200,000 people at Radiohead. Mumford & Sons was almost as big of a crowd. Wow. Same stage. I've never seen... I mean, I, I was in the middle of it that time. So seeing how packed it was from front to back... Because there's a density factor. So like people cram up in the front. And then as you fan back, it gets thinner and thinner and thinner for any show. Yeah, Mumford was packed shoulder to shoulder for literally half a mile. I mean, it was unbelievable to see wow. that crowd. Wow. And then to see them on the big stage... It was the same staging that Arcade Fire had. It was like kind of like two tiers. So like half the band is elevated pretty high, and then half it was in the front. And uh, and they have such a kind of a stripped down kind of like rootsy sound. Yeah. You know, I didn't know how that would. They they there were more members on stage from what I could by my eye. It was a bigger sound, and it was reminiscent of Arcade Fire. Mm. Um, it was like they elevated the live experience to an Arcade Fire ish level. Mm. I'm not equating them to Arcade Fire, but. They stepped up their performance for the moment. It was, it was huge, and the crowd was just in it. You know, I mean, the energy was crazy. I, I it was a truly remarkable moment. Huh. Just, just visually to be in that um, experience. I, I was. That was the one show that probably caught me the most by surprise because I kind of thought there was going to be a been there done that. Mm -hmm. You know. And there, there just absolutely mm -hmm. wasn't. Huh. That's cool. Yeah. Huh. That's good to hear. Well, we were on the other side, and we were just just dancing our faces <laughs> off to Ben Gibbard our and Jenny Lewis. Aging, just, aging hipster faces. Just reliving <laughs> the wonder that is the Postal Service, yeah. and that did not disappoint That didn't all. disappoint me at all. I've no. loved that record for it, the it, last 10 years of my life, and it was great to see them live. It's a difficult one to, 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 go, to go against Mumford & Sons, who's probably the biggest band in the world right now. Um, and yeah. Postal Service, who has one album that was put out 10 years ago, but, but was a very influential album and, yeah. and certainly has created, a, created, or I don't know about created, but definitely popularized a certain kind of pop music. And seeing Ben Gibbard and, and Jenny Lewis, who, who, if you're listening, Jenny, I'm, I'm here, I'm, I'm ready, I'm waiting. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was really fun to hear because I'm like, I just have so many memories yeah. of like when I was like when I was when I was in college. That was my freshman year that album came out, and I really it was it was very gratifying to see it. Yeah. And looking around, I was at the rest of the 
the aging hipsters there. I was like, oh, this is me now. <laughs> I, that, that that album obviously is you know like a pivotal album in the kind of trajectory of relevant too. You know, it came out like in our early sure, days, and sure. so it's huge in our. So I was really curious to see it. Went up there, cut my Mumford time short, and went up there to see it. And I'm looking around, and I'm like. This is seriously a bunch of aging hipsters. I mean, I couldn't believe <laughs> the crowd. I couldn't believe the crowd. It wasn't old people. It was people in their mid-30s. Oh, you know? We're yeah. not old. <laughs> We're young. <laughs> I would say the crowd was literally like 28 to 38. Yeah. And yeah, nothing no, more. Yeah. Nothing yeah. Nobody below it. Nobody yeah. over it. I would say that's, that's true. 28 to 38. That was yeah. it. It was a great it's, show. It, it, it great still job. sounds it was so fragile. relevant. It held, really up, does. held up really well. Yeah. Well, Sunday, we were looking at the lineup, and it really seemed like Saturday was going to be the peak, but... Sunday ended up being a, just a jam-packed day of music, too. We um, Just a couple of the, the lineup highlights. Wild Bell, which uh, Chad mentioned. Uh, Wild uh, Nothing, uh, Alex Clare. Um, Tegan and Sarah uh, played. Uh, Waves played. Alt-J played. Uh, Grizzly Bear played. Vampire Weekend. Two Chains. Major Laser. The Cure. Phoenix. Cat Power. It was. It turned out to be a really packed I day. Think, I think Sunday. I think yesterday might have been my favorite day of the whole festival. Really? All said and done, and there were a lot of surprises Sunday too. Yeah. There were a lot of things that either I had low expectations for, I just had no idea what I was getting into, and it ended up being a really, really like positive what? show. Uh, I think Chad and I were, were both really surprised, and I don't. I don't know if you're at this show, but uh, but we we hit Alt J, and and that crowd was massive they had a bigger crowd than their stage warranted yeah, they, it, yeah. It, it there were moments that, that you couldn't hear the audio when he was singing like some of the softer notes because the crowd was so massive and the stage just didn't have the umph to push yeah. out the volume it was just it was huge there was, was probably huge. 80 70 80,000 people there yeah i mean it was, it was absolutely huge. it was huge and they were they were and i, and I was there and you I were was, there i was in the photo pit gotcha saw them very close and then i flushed out halfway through to the side and kind of watch them from about a quarter of the way back. Nobody but had heard in this the, band. In the crowd. In the crowd. I mean, everybody mm-hmm. was like singing every word. I mean, it was just yeah. like passionate, yeah. which I feel they are my favorite band right now. And and they absolutely didn't disappoint. No. I mean, it was as precise as the album, but it was like, it, it just, yeah, it yeah. was fantastic. Here's Here's a little bit. I mean... So, huge crowd, so give us a little little (laughs) grace here, but here's a little bit of uh, the Alt-J performance. fans know that we just put Vampire Weekend as our uh, best album of the year so far list uh, a few weeks ago. And their live show, now you'd said, and I'd never seen them before, but you'd said that they struggled with their live show last time you saw them. In 2010, their album had just come out. Right. They walked out there, didn't say a word the entire show. They just like played their music and like almost like turned their back to the crowd and like just kind of like played in a circle and I was like they were like so intimidated and overwhelmed by the uh, moment they were just some friends who made an album in a basement yeah. they, they did not have touring chops at the time and they played note for note the album you know what I mean <laughs> and it was like that was it yeah. and then like they walked off 
and everybody loved it. But I was just like, they're terrified right yeah, now. You sure. know, there's just some mm-hmm. people that just you could tell they just didn't have a live edge to them. So I was really curious how they how they did this year. And I think we were all of one mind about. That was a great show. That, yeah, that, that was, was the one show they that grew up. they won me over. Because I've yep. seen that, like, when they played SNL this last year, I was not impressed with them. I've seen them play, uh, you know, on TV and different things before. I just have not been impressed. They completely won me over this year. Um, I loved them. And I got a few clips of, of Vampire Weekend, too. So here you go. I didn't see that because I cut out early from Vampire Weekend because I had to go see and shoot Two Chains. <laughs> yeah, tell us about Two Chains. <laughs> two Chains, one word. Two Chains. Okay, so I said go buy the clean version of Kendrick and you'll enjoy it. Don't go buy Two Chains. I mean, just like okay, you know, I know Two Chains music. I like hip hop, but I know the radio version of Two Chains. Yeah, I didn't know what to expect. Oh my goodness, it was unbelievable. I was I was there for about five songs. And I think I text. I, there's no cell service at Lala because there's you know 200,000 yeah. people trying to yeah, text sure. and stuff. So I, I I hadn't I hadn't contacted you guys all day, and I like I I just it was so like two chains. Oh my goodness! Like that's all, <laughs> all I could text. Like, <laughs> yep. That's the, all, yep. all the text could <laughs> yep. say. Because like he comes out. I mean, this crowd. He's so smartly like about ten minutes before the show, he sent his DJ out to kind of get the crowd hype. And like just in the middle of the DJ set, like two chains just comes out, and the place just goes to you know just goes ballistic. I mean, people were being passed up to the front, foaming at the mouth, you know, just like <laughs> like it was, it was just the most unbelievable. And he just owned it. it I mean, if I'm going to say like most memorable. Yeah, really, absolutely. Huh. Two chains. We would play wow. you a clip, but we're not going we're to. Not. We're... <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no clips. You can find it. There's some photos. But there's many more that we will not. Be <laughs> um, but the highlights, the highlights of the day. Um, I mean, the, the headliners, I should say, uh, the Cure and Phoenix, and then on a side stage, Cat Power were all playing. We saw the Cure. Mm-hmm. I, di- I didn't know the Cure's music, but I was down there and I shot them, and and it was it was. Uh, it was definitely a highlight for a whole lot of people. Oh, I mean, there were a, there were a lot of people. Well, I was uh, yesterday uh, before we went over to the show. I was sitting in a coffee shop here in Chicago, and I saw two older people with Cure T-shirts. Yeah, uh, they they, they uh, and they asked me if uh, if I was going to the Cure concert tonight, and I was like, and I was like, well, I'm I'm going to Lollapalooza, and they were, and they said. Yeah, so are there other bands playing? <laughs> they just thought they flew in for the Cure concert. <laughs> and they would have been very confused because they could have wandered into a 2, two chains show very easily. <laughs> he did. He played right before them. I went from 2 chains to the Cure. I did. Back to back. Because they're a Cure fan. I mean, people love the Cure. There are crazy Cure fans out there. And because Cure is a great band. So and I didn't know their music. So mm-hmm. I grew up in the 80s, but... But I was not listening to, to that stuff. I was listening to Christian music and, and hip-hop. That was it. That was my entire palette. And, uh, and, and, and so when they came out, and you know, I knew that this was a moment, but I was shocked at how good it was. It was, I, was I was actually really glad I saw that. And then I was trying to, to head up to go see uh, Phoenix yeah. and, or to go shoot Phoenix, and I missed the... I missed because I wanted to stay for the cure for a little bit. I missed the the start of Phoenix, and so I went and watched a few songs or whatever. But then Cat Power was going to start, and I wanted to shoot her. And 
um, you know, we we know it's one of it was one of her last shows, and so you know, I'm a big Cat Power fan, and her some of her her voice is just transcendent. Yeah. So I wanted to see it. There was no. There, I texted you guys. That and said there shocking. are 27 people. Yeah, at that was, that I was, mean, that was very surprising. There were literally probably like a thousand people there. Yeah, it was. It was. But, but everybody. The, the thing is, is like Lala does a great job of like if you like a certain kind of music, you can kind of follow a path throughout the day. Mm-hmm. But they, they uh, there were a couple moments where they they kind of like split that crowd, yeah. split a crowd. And Phoenix is such a great band live, and I saw them headline a couple years ago at Lala. And obviously they're on our cover a couple issues ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we like them a lot. Great band, big crowd, great show. Well, those are the t- that's the type of music the person who likes Phoenix would like Cat Power, and so nope. But you're not going to miss Phoenix. Yeah. For a little tiny I stage, I think that's the Cat Power. I think show. that's what happened. But the problem because because once once Phoenix got out, all of a sudden her crowd tripled. Yeah. But it was only for like the last two songs, you know. But so you're so we found ourselves on this tiny stage, this intimate show. Cat Power, and just um, fantastic. Man, and her, I'm still so talking. And killed it too. Oh, like she, I thought she blew me away. I yeah. didn't know what to expect because I know I'd heard some some stories that she wasn't good live from liars. <laughs> <laughs> she <laughs> because killed she it, was she that was that was she just crushed it. That was a festival highlight for me yeah. for sure. Well, and when I was telling Chad, like, man, you know, I can't I, I, like he came over. Like I didn't see you guys all day, and at the end of Cat Power, I found you guys and. And you were telling me like she announced recently that she's getting out of the music yeah. industry, which is such a travesty in my opinion. Yeah, it really is. She she's got a lot not, of medical. She, she said she's not making any money, and, and and she has had some medical issues. I know, and it's just a shame that somebody of that caliber can't can't cut it financially in this industry because she's a wonderful talent. Yeah. Well, here, here's a little bit of the show. Okay, so while that was going on, Phoenix was playing, and you could actually hear some of their sound bleeding over. You could hear so, it. so, uh, so uh, Chad actually ran over and, and, and watched more of the show than, than I was able to watch, and, and you got some some clips yeah. of Phoenix. Phoenix is an amazing band live. They're they're they don't have the the radio singles, but whenever you watch them, you're like, oh, I really like their music, you know. <laughs> and um, it, it's just interesting to see that, like you know, they did great on SNL, whatever. And, so, um, you know, they're, they're a band that if they're coming through, watch, you know, go to their yeah, show. Their light and mm-hmm. sound, uh, sound mm-hmm. show was, was phenomenal, yeah, too. Yeah. Their show, I think, is... It's very rare, in my opinion, that a live show is significantly better than, than the band's, like, album yeah. and stuff like that. And, and, and Phoenix would be a Phoenix band is one of them. the case, yeah. The experience of their music is better than the individual songs. Yeah. Um, and so here, here's a clip from the Phoenix show. Okay, guys, uh, wrapping it up. Uh, give me two complete, like top highlights. The two huh. top highlights okay. for you for Lollapalooza 2013. 
Well, I think probably my first one would be the Kendrick show. Um, having never seen him live, but really having gotten into his album last year. Um, and I'm, and I didn't grow up like you did on hip hop and stuff. I'm, you know, probably a little late to the game when it comes to hip hop, but I've really gotten into it over the last four or five years and I've become a huge Kendrick fan and just being in the middle of that crowd and the energy that was going on in that space when he was up performing was just, was just awesome. That was, that was definitely one of my highlights. And, um, and I would say my other highlight was probably the, um, was the local native show. Um, I really, really enjoyed their sound i've i've loved that album the more and more i listen to it um i think it came out back in january february i i absolutely love it and i thought what they did live was phenomenal i think it really they, they're set up they're in a good place to be one of the bands that i think kind of like the national you yeah. know in a few years like they're going to be filling that space so i was really those were probably my two my two highlights yeah you know I, i'm i'm gonna say my first highlight was probably that 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 first song that Cat Power played when she came out, she played the greatest, which is an uh, an older song of hers, and it, there was a it was a very very slow build, a very patient song, uh, started on a real low note, and then it, by the end it, w- it just was an overwhelming experience, mm. and and her voice is is, is is really really amazing, and I think we went in just not knowing quite, I, at least I didn't know what to expect because like I said, I'd, I'd heard that she wasn't a great live act, and uh, just having my whole universe blown to pieces and that first song was a huge highlight and then the second one the second one you guys can laugh at me all you want but when the killers when the killers went into uh to uh, when you were young which is what they closed out the night with oh, nice. that was like that was something that i i've heard that song that it's been a i've loved that song since i was in college and to see it live and to see it done so well and to be around a lot of people and i was by myself but i've made a lot of friends that was a really great moment. It was really gratifying for my... It was one of those rare times when you go to something for the nostalgic value and it ends up being still relevant to, to what you want. I'm surprised neither of you said uh, the farewell show by Postal Service. That would be number three. I mean, uh, that would be number three for you me. You only gave us I, two. Yeah. yeah. I was I was expecting com- to completely love that. And I and I did. I just think I wasn't expecting to love local natives yeah, as okay. much as I did. And so Surprise. that's what did it for me. Surprises. Yeah. So so I've been coming to Lala since... I think, I can, I think I've come in 08, 10, 11 in this year. 8, 10, 11, whatever. And so when I think back of Lala, like there are certain performances that the years blend, but I'll never forget the performances. Kanye... The year that I saw on the second stages, back to back to back, the XX, Mumford and Sons, the National, seeing Arcade Fire. So I'm trying to think, like, in that, like, what am I going to remember five years from now? I'll remember Kendrick's show. I'll remember back when that breakout performance by Kendrick Lamar. Like, yeah, it was just, yeah. it was that good. And and I'll and I'll remember seeing Alt J. Hmm. To me, that was like wow. completely everything I hoped it would be. It sounds almost blasphemous to say because everybody. We talk about the next radio had all the people have been yeah. looking for that one for 10, 15 years now, but but they really have something special. But I could they also really see do. them going. It's just a the debut XX album. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. It's yeah. hard to like know what the debut they album. They plateau and they yeah. become niche, and then people lose interest after yeah. their next album. I feel confident saying Kendrick will be around for a long time. Yeah, Kendrick yeah. is going to continue yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, so your third one was Postal Service. Probably yeah. my third one was Two Chains. <laughs> for <laughs> completely different I'm never going to forget it. I will never forget what I experienced at Two Chains. Little <laughs> became a man that day. <laughs> well, it's fun. This is kind of my uh, becoming my annual music pilgrimage. Yeah, it was great. It was um, a really good time. This last uh, Monday on the po- on the website, uh, Tyler posted our our recap of of everything. With there's. Um, 
some video clips and there's some uh, photos and the, the top moments from Lala. And on the podcast episode page, we'll post uh, more of the same. Make sure to check that out. And uh, there you go. All right. That'll do it for our Lala 2013 recap. Stay tuned up next. Feedback. Let the wind, yes, the wind keeps pushing me. You're listening to The Head and the Heart, the song is Shake from the album Let's Be Still. Okay, that's a little contradictory. It's very contradictory. Or maybe yeah. this person's just Oxymoron. shaking non-stop yeah. and you're like, hey, 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 can we be still here for a minute? Let's be still. Come on. Maybe maybe they had to be passed up front at Lala. They're foaming at the mouth, <laughs> shaking. They can't help it. Yeah. The Head and the Heart, a little inconsiderate. Okay, it's time for your feedback. Last week, we asked you what your ideal-themed 5K would be. We got talking about those uh, color runs and, you know, all these... The the new trend in 5K is to to theme it and do things other than run for athletic purposes. So uh, we got talking about, you know, variations of the structure. That would be fun. And uh, we wanted to know what you thought as well. You guys went over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. You hit us up on Twitter and on our Facebook page. Here's a few of our favorite replies. I like Christine's idea. Uh, run with your cat 5K. The most ornery, frustrating 5K known to me. <laughs> like, would the cats be on a leash? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think you just literally have to release them and try to keep them on course. Oh, that would be terrible. That would be terrible. Yeah, I'd watch it though. I'd be, I'd be a spectator. Would yeah. there be, would there be like, like you know, when you go to the 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 bowling alley and you can put in those like gutter bumpers. Would there be like edges to the lanes to keep the cats? Like, in? Like a, it's like a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying the whole five k is on a bridge? Yeah, yeah. It's like that. It's like it's like the space level in Mario Kart. <laughs> you guys ever played Mario Kart? You can fall right off the side. Yeah. Very amazing. Rainbow World, guys. Uh, I like this one, and I like this one even more now because you've questioned uh, if this person can believe in God. Um, <laughs> yeah, you, you take the place as Frodo. It's the Lord of the Rings 5K. You take the place There's as... There's no God in that world. You take the place as Frodo in the Fellowship. You are given a ring, and you run your way from the Shire, of the starting line, to Mount Doom in Mordor, the finish. So That's a it's idea. a little pricey if everybody has to receive a ring. Yeah, only one person can run the race at a time. It takes all day. I, I also like the American Gladiator 5K, which I thought was I do like that. Oh, we're, we're, American Gladiator. Do you remember this show? Oh, yeah, of course. I love this Where show. Where Nitro and Gemini are shooting tennis ball cannons. <laughs> so awesome. <laughs> Just to see Nitro and Gemini, I'd be so pumped up. I'd run 3.1 miles American Gladiator, when it came back a couple years ago, I watched it every single like, night. It was amazing. I, I did, too. It. They shot it here in Orlando. Did they really? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know why there. they don't bring it back. You know, I mean, I I thought at the time I remember everyone was talking about it. I don't understand what happened. They had a they had a like a mobile American Gladiator, you know, kind of event, mobile event that they would take around to different cities, and they and they brought that here, mm-hmm. and you could go and like try the mobile course, and apparently that would help ascend you to getting onto the real show. 
So they had like auditions and stuff. And Jesse was right. I thought you were still living here at the, when when that happened. I thought you were going to go down there. I was, but I I went. I had I was planning on going, and I heard I, I was on some like local, you know, like the Orlando Sentinel or something, and they were saying, you know, that the lines were all like people were like camping out to do it. Like you would have to have like commitment for days yeah. in order to be able to audition. Well, yeah, yeah, I can't do that. I mean, gee, when you're in your deathbed, thinking about your life, are you going to remember? Wow. I don't know what you did that weekend. Or are you going to remember being on American <laughs> Gladiators? Hey, so I'll tell you this: that. I to this day, I regret it every waking minute, <laughs> every moment. I would like to say that I really liked the back and forth that went on on Twitter when somebody. Uh, hold on, I'm trying to find it. Okay, this was really funny. So Liz tweeted at. It doesn't have the timestamp on it, but she said the relevant podcast should be a drinking game. Every time Cameron brings up Jesse running a race in a suit, take a drink. And then I can only imagine she, that she pushed send, send, died for a moment, realized what she had done, which I don't think was bad. No, but if it was you follow hilarious. her, hey, if you click on her picture, she's holding a martini in her Twitter. But avatar. I, I think it was really funny because she said, but seriously, I am a hor-. She, she tweeted a moment <laughs> later, but seriously, I am a horrible person for thinking of a drinking game to the relevant podcast, but maybe you could do it with Tonks Coffee. <laughs> tried to make up for it. I thought it was hilarious. And then people came to her defense, me included. I thought it was funny. Well, the, 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 he, she must be a long time listener because, I mean, we told the story when it happened. We probably told it a couple years later, and then it just came up. You know, this so it's only come up three times of the course of eight years. <laughs> yeah, Liz. I would also like to call out someone publicly that does not know me, but felt comfortable enough to tweet, relevant podcast cast can't get the image of Eddie new podcast topless out of my head. Disturbed. But the big deal. I'm not. I mean, I go to the beach. <laughs> not that ugly. I mean, I'm not that good looking. I'd say I'm right in the middle of the bell curve. <laughs> you know what the I mean? Meaty, the meaty part of the curve. Nobody's asking me to be on their, you know, relevant, you know, reality show, but it's pretty good, pretty okay. <laughs> Doing a pinch. All right. So thanks for that. Thanks for that. I, I like what Alexander said. Uh, Alexander James said on the podcast feedback page. In honor of Shark Week, it's the Great White Gauntlet to Freedom. The grueling and terrifying adventure race is a 5K across the ocean. On ten foot wide barges <laughs> in shark infested waters, That's they hilarious. said they'll have bait strategically tied to the side of the barges. Rated entertainment. Oh my gosh. Various obstacles include swimming through a series of shark diving cages, <laughs> trapeze swings, and monkey bars over open water, <laughs> and those big red balls from ABC's summer hit Wipeout. Oh my gosh! I never saw that. That, that sounds really like an funny. amazing five. That game, is brilliant. Man. Oh, gosh. which speaking of which, are you? You guys up on this Shark Week controversy? Oh, it's terrible. We were we oh, yeah. when we oh, were alone, know, closing night. night Sunday night. We're watching we're watching it. And I'm five minutes in. I'm going. This is that fake documentary thing that they that they did that other time. Dude, okay, okay. This is so. Tr- I was I was home and I, I t-voted. And I, I started I started watching about ten o'clock. And it, it, I don't know why I said this. It's completely irrelevant to the story. I started watching the Megalodon documentary, yeah. and I too within the first few minutes was like, this is totally fake. You know, I'm so mad. I have never written a letter to a politician about something that the government, you know, I don't really care. I've never written anything to a sports team. I've never written one complaint to a restaurant, anything in my life. I've never been mad enough to actually take the effort. I wrote several to Discovery Channel. <laughs> no, you're lying. They were str- I swear. Per- I, it wasn't just posts and funny <laughs> things. I, they, these were serious, serious emails. I don't even want to read them because I don't want to get as riled up as I was that they night. They ruined, ruined Shark Week. I said you ruined Shark Week. I can't watch it with my son now. 
<laughs> because I don't want to have to explain the lies to him. No, I mean, they ruined Shark Week because the wonderful thing about Shark Week is that it's it's real and it's like stories and it's crazy. <laughs> and there's and, actual yeah. sharks. Right. Yeah. And then this whole thing, this staged fake. Megalodon. It was just so offensive. Yeah. And it's not what Shark Week was. And then they had a talk show afterwards and stuff. I was just like, man, Shark Week literally jumped the shark. Yeah. It yeah. really did. I unfollowed them on Twitter. I like. I, I've never <laughs> tweeted. I I would do like, leading up to Shark Week some shark jokes. I'm done with shark. I'm done with shark jokes. I'm done with sharks. I'm done with megalodons. It's over. Wow. It is over. Jesse, I'm so sorry, man. This has been really hard for you. It's horrible. Yeah, it's been a rough it would, week. I, I cannot explain to you. Dana was like, Jesse, you need to calm down about this. I was like, Dana, they're lying on Shark Week. You don't understand. I've been watching this as a little kid. I apparently now, mi- middle of the, you know, toward, as the week progressed, the, the programming went back to normal Shark Week, what you'd expect, you know? I wouldn't know. I've done watching. I know. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> I I, like, I think the same thing. Like, I think they ticked off so many of their core fans that they. I think the ratings will probably be terrible. I, I probably, my guess is, scared straight. They'll never do it again, you know, and they'll go back to what it was. Do we really care, though, if it's a fake thing? Isn't Shark Week really just like, show me a picture of a shark? I don't really care dude, what dude, it's wrapped in. Eddie, dude. please. Sorry, that's that's not. <laughs> that he, was, hey, Jesse, that was too he far. probably likes the Olympics. That was I too, mean, yeah, yeah they, this coming from an Olympic I, And fan. I've never seen a moment of Shark Week. Oh, because you don't have cable. Well, right. And I'm not anti-Shark Week. I just I don't think I have come to appreciate it like others. If you would like to come over tonight, you can watch Shark Week. That's really me. sweet of you. Yeah. So, so yeah, let's hope Discovery Channel's learned their lesson. Have you guys ever written a letter to a politician? Anybody? I have written one letter in my life. It. Um, I was eight. Oh, this is going to be sweet. That would be. I wrote it to a church's chicken. <laughs> no, camera. I was with my grandmother. <laughs> I was staying with her for the summer. We went to Church's Chicken. We had a very poor experience. I wrote a letter to explain to them that it was a poor experience, and they sent us free vouchers for meals. I learned a very important lesson that day. If you complain, you get what you want. The squeaky wheel gets the oil. That's that's what I learned that day as a young child. How did they disappoint eight-year-old Cameron? It was like just the overall poor service. Poor poor service, poor food, dirty bathrooms. I I still remember it. Did you know you were at a church's chicken? (laughs) (laughs) I was eight. I thought it was a nice restaurant. It was supposed to be. Anyway, I was very disappointed. And, And my grandmother said, well, listen, you know, don't tell me, tell them. And so I did. And so she told me to like take care of it myself. Nice. And, uh, and I got free vouchers, and I sent them to my grandmother because oh. there wasn't a church's chicken by my house. So. <laughs> Merry uh, Christmas, Grandma. Huh. Have you? Ever written? Yeah, yeah. You've written a politician? I, I do, yeah. I do that stuff a lot. Do well, you what really? do you write them about? I do. I just get fired up about something. and then. But it's not like, uh, well, like recently, I wrote, uh, I wrote a letter to the president the, who will never get the... About uh, church's chicken? No. It was about... Uh, <laughs> about Megalodon. It was about... Uh, <laughs> can you say something what about this? Have, what, what else could have angered you to the point that you would take the time to write something? Uh, well, so they... Dear bu- President Obama, can the Olympics server. be longer? <laughs> <laughs> can we do it every year, dear President Obama? Oh, you guys. The letter to the president was about... Um, well, it bothers me that of everything that uh, Eve and Lucy have been afforded as being Your Americans, children. My, my children, Eve, because she has been adopted from Ethiopia, the only thing that she cannot do uh, in the United States is be the president of the United States. She could be a Supreme Court judge. She could do Senate and Congress. She could do anything. But she couldn't be the president you're, of the United States. You know States. you're writing to the wrong person, though. It's an act of Congress that would change the law. Not, I, I understand. And not it, the president. I actually send a, I will send copies of it in different 
forms of it, but I started there because I wanted to start. Well, I feel training. like if anyone would empathize with that, it would be President Obama because there, you know, there were people and who, be able to do nothing. Are you a birther? Been, are you a birther? No, no, Did no. Did you no. reach out to him because he yeah. thought there'd be empathy there? Because no, a not long at all. He's Kenyan. It's because I have did you ask him for tips? Like, I have by the way, absolutely yeah. no ability to do anything except for write a letter, and I know it's pointless, did but the, it still just really bothers did me. Did the letter say, "Dear that, President Obama, since you're not American and you were born in Kenya and you somehow pulled this off, can right. you tell me?" tips for my daughter yeah, yeah that's what bothered me about it well not i had nothing of none of his birther stuff i think it's all crazy um which kidding. uh but it, it it did bother me it does bother it me should. because that, in a way, it seems like, like a worthy thing to write a well, letter because it's about. like you can do you can do anything except for the most important what is deemed as the most important job in the land which oprah's <laughs> that's right you cannot own you cannot the own that, network yeah. So I wrote him about that. You're exercising your American right to to petition Church's political leader. Yeah. yeah. Right. And Cameron chooses to, to do Church's chicken, and I choose the Shark Week shark producers. Week. <laughs> Guess I'm a pretty good guy. Yeah. So we're all kind of making a difference. Chad, anything? <laughs> I don't. I don't write letters, but I use uh, reject apathy. People. I use I use Twitter to call out the brands that I don't like, or if I have I've had bad cell uh, service. I'll tweet at AT and T. If I've had a bad I'll call Delta out on Twitter. Okay, let me ask this: when, when you call a brand out on Twitter, do you do it like passive aggressively? Like, oh, I had a really bad experience at all. Well, I don't. I'm not going to give a you know Cucamonga AT and T at you know the mall, or do you address it right to AT and T and say, listen, that service was terrible. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. do, you, do you just hit them up or do you mention it in a tweet hoping that they see it? No, I, I hit them up directly. I like that better. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like the passive aggressive. If you're going to say something about a brand, just hit them up. Just go know, for straight it. Up. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Get it, get it resolved. Don't just smear their name. Right. Yeah. At Megalodon. <laughs> I knew you didn't exist. You lying prehistoric beast. Did you see that? Did John Acuff posted something funny the other day that there's a. Uh, Somebody created a fake account, United Airlines, L-A-N-E-S, right? Misspelled. Misspelled on purpose, but people are will tweet their anger to United Airlines, not really paying attention. They'll just search for it. They're like, oh, that's it. So they'll tweet their anger to it, and then this person that owns United Airlines will engage and respond just terribly. And it looks and feels like a corporate account, but will basically be completely unempathetic to their plight. And it's hilarious to watch the people get fired up, and then at some point realize oh, oh it's airline well the person didn't do it to to have people search and find them the person did it because it was a common misspelling that people were doing when they were oh. typing like at united airlines how they do you were, already know about this because i saw the same post but it was oh, they saw the opportunity because apparently they saw people publicly tweeting at united airlines and said oh nobody owns that and so they they jumped in and, and bought it i love it okay so th- this is a good segue to uh the question of the week yeah, All right, it's time for good. this week's editorial question of the week. So, you know, we were just talking about, you know, uh, squeaky wheel gets the oil in life. You know, voicing your opinion about the, the issues that matter most to you. We want to know if you've ever written a letter or a tweet or whatever about, you know, a situation. And we want to know what happened. Like, did you get a reply? Did you, you know, or 
you know, we want to know what happened. Chicken? So what did she do? Yeah, I got free chicken. I got some free chicken. It wasn't chicken. even a voucher. It was just a FedEx box of chicken. <laughs> Eat up, buddy. Yeah, it was, the outside was all green. You could almost see through the FedEx box, the grease from the chicken. <laughs> At that point, it said Federal Express on the side. It's, a, it's the same reply Jesse got for his Megalodon. <laughs> yeah. For some, for reason, some reason, Shark Week folks just sent me a box of chicken. <laughs> Calm down, buddy. Calm Jesse, down. Jesse, I just can't believe you did that. I mean, you really got that fired up and you wrote I him about never, it. I never write and complain because in my mind, I'm like, this is, just, this is a waste of my time. You know, who cares? But this, this one, not they went too far. What is your wife's reaction to this? Like, tell me, like, what she's like in this moment. She came in the room and I am fuming. Like, I am visibly <laughs> angry. Like, been I, angry you know, because I, I told her earlier, like, hey, I'm going to watch Shark Week. You know, she's doing whatever. She sees she's that like, I have, I'll see like, you in six center. days. She yeah. knows. Yeah. Daddy's she got sees business. that I, I'm now watching like Sports Center or something, furiously typing on the computer. <laughs> <laughs> and she just kind of looks, and she's not even asking at this point, like what happened. And I said, Dana, you would not believe what happened. Remember that mermaid show? Well, now Shark Week, and I just went off about the letter. And she's just like, okay. <laughs> Is there a way oh, we got to get a hold of that letter? If there's a letter and a response. I mean that's gold. Yeah. I can't wait for the response if they have the guts to do it. Oh boy! Oh, they won't. They won't own up to to it. I Maybe. left some pretty nasty comments on. <laughs> this is true too. I their their American Discovery Channel's website, their American corporate site, didn't have any place for like viewer feedback, but the Canadian site did. So I left numerous <laughs> nasty emails on discoverychannel.ca. Oh, you have just closed the loop. That's it. Everybody <laughs> hates us now. So. Head over to the podcast episode page <laughs> at relevantmagazine.com or hit us up on Twitter or the Relevant Podcast Facebook page and tell us your story of like the thing that got you fired up enough to write in to the government or to a brand and uh, let us know what happened. <laughs> or the Relevant Podcast. Yeah, we've gotten a few of those. <laughs> Have we gotten letters? Oh, yeah. Cool. Usually from angry Canadians. Rightly so. Yeah, we've alienated yeah. that whole country. Yep. Yeah, and I didn't even think about Canada's involvement yeah. with the shark weed debacle. You know, it was just the only place I could find to leave a comment. So tough luck, Canada. Yeah, <laughs> they were directly responsible for it. Yeah, somehow. Well, th- I guess this is the end of, of our most expensive podcast ever. What? <laughs> Three of us went to Chicago. <laughs> Three of us went, and to, went to a music festival, and this is all we got out of it. Yeah. Literally, this is the coverage. Twenty minutes, twenty minutes here on the podcast. Four. We talked more about the megalodon than three days. Three days, thousands of dollars, and, and, and a combined ten minutes of watching the megalodon. <laughs> I'm going to bring a fake slice and do what Shark. Do I'm going to see how our fans like it. Do it. They don't have sympathy for my complaint. I'm going to make up a slice and just say, "You just got megalodon." Burn. <laughs> Go ahead, write a complaint. Now you see, you can relate to me. My, you just got megalodon in my in my rage. If you want to see some video of of the performances, hear more of the audio uh, clips, and and you can head over to the podcast episode page. Uh, also, Tyler wrote uh, kind of a top ten moments uh, recap earlier in the week at the website. You can find it at relevantmagazine.com. So make sure to check that out. I wonder if my little affair joke was one of his top 10. Moments. <laughs> <laughs> it was. I'm already I, yeah. Number bonus. one, I received this email. Honor, honorable mention. <laughs> Sean Colvin for life. <laughs> email I got from Eddie. <laughs> On the note, we'll wrap it. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Eddie Koffeltz. I'm Justin Carey. That's Ty Michael Snavely. We'll see you next week.
Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Go follow us on Twitter, at Relevant Podcast. And for more great content, check out relevantmagazine.com. I believe in freedom, what motorcycle represents. If I want to get on a hog and just tear through town, Uncle Sam ain't stopping me.